Hi everyone and welcome to the 45th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Colin. Hello people. Lauren. Hello. And David. Ethicson! You, you jumped <laughs> the gun back. a bit there, David. <laughs> what? Why? You, you get to say it again later. Are you just going to say it even more? Sure. No, I always I say it there. Mondo. You do? He oh, does. Yeah. He totally does. Way to be up on your David knowledge. Uh, yeah. It's not yeah, like Darryl, I've never done a podcast with, with him before or anything. <laughs> I've never done a podcast with him. Hi, David. Nice to meet you. Hello. The enthusiasm there is blinding. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> okay, right. Well, today's show, we're going to have a load of news about Dissidia and Final Fantasy XIV, because that's all that's really been going on. And uh, because we haven't really had any questions this uh, episode, we're going to have a feature discussion, which I believe, David, is a, a throwback to yonder episodes. Oh, yeah. Like episode two, I believe. Two or three. goes way back when. Way back. So uh, back today's, today's feature discussion is actually going to be a rather comical one, I believe. It's about what are our impressions of Dirgis Cerberus, a game that we are frequently able to mock. <laughs> but hey yeah so, I, i'm a supporter of this game you're a supporter so. i love the fact you're a supporter of doja cerberus but not final fantasy 10 part 2 well i've never played that game so oh you should try it if you like doja cerberus you may like 10 part 2 see i, I like how I david's so. opinion has changed here in previous episodes he was a very adamant person of his hatred for final fantasy 10 part 2 despite the fact he never played it <laughs> Whereas now, now he's kind of leaning towards the fact that maybe he shouldn't necessarily have an opinion if he hasn't played it. Maybe? I don't think so. No, you don't think so? <laughs> <laughs> the game still sucks. <laughs> That's the spirit. His ground. So as always, Final Fantasy Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union. And it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. And we have a new show out every Tuesday. It's on a rotating schedule. And there's also a mini gup thrown in there too. And we also have some shows out on Fridays as well, like GMFM, where we talk about the music and games. First episode featured Final Fantasy XI, and uh, we also have people on there. Like we last episode, we had Zircon on there uh, from OC Remix, and we were planning to have some more people on the show in the future. I'm not going to spoil anything, That was though. really cool Whoa. when you guys had Zircon on there. Well, you know, it's a popular show. I was show. not expecting that. Do what I do, what I do. <laughs> and as usual, the, the podcast comes out on the iTunes store. FinalFantasyUnion.com and David FF-XIII.net Excellent So let's jump into some news So I'm going to take this first news story because it's a very amazing one and it's the Vaughn was officially confirmed for Dissidia Duodecim Awesome Uh, Officially It was like a TIFO review is the worst kept secret yeah. Well, I, they they were um they weren't sure about him, right? Because they weren't sure if they could get the original voice actor. Wasn't that the whole issue? I believe we're going to talk about that later in the show. <laughs> 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 okay. So as as Colin said, um, this was a pretty badly kept secret because the voice actor for the Western Vaughn didn't he do a tweet suggesting yeah, that he, he tweeted just saying that he was. But like he, the tweet was Vaughn. from May. And people only just realized in, like, September. Because before that, they thought he was maybe doing something for, like, Final Fantasy twelve or something. Well, they, they didn't announce, like, Dissidia do a decent until, like, TGS, right? No. It was, it, was the, it was the week leading up to it. 
So I'll seem different. So basically, what happened was, um, yeah, the people saw the tweet and then they suddenly put two and two together. And uh, Square Enix now, two months later, have officially confirmed him. With some screenshots. Yes, with some screenshots. People uh. were still not believing the fact he was in the game because they were just hoping he wasn't going to be in it until they saw the screenshots. <laughs> but apparently people in Japan wanted him to be in the game. Again, we're going to talk about that later. Oh, frick. <laughs> Shot down twice in a row. <laughs> Why can't I talk about it now? <laughs> Because it kind of ruins the other news story. Since that's all it's all about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> David, say something. Say something. Wow. What? Anything. <laughs> Crap battle. <laughs> say something on topic. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna get this game anyways, so it uh, doesn't really affect me. You weren't really a big honestly. supporter of Dissidia in the first place, were you? No, I played the demo, and I thought it was one of the worst games I've ever played. Ever played. Oh. I thought it was going to be a decent game, like I was planning on getting it. And I played the demo, and I'm like, wow, this is not worth buying. Do you think it was so worth buying, did. Colin? Do you think it was worth buying, considering you leveled like every character up to the maximum level? Well, it depends. Well, I like games where you grind a lot, so I thought it was worth picking up. And once you get into the battle system, it is it's quite fun, actually. But what do you think about the story? Oh, the story was crap. <laughs> it was like horrendous and I have to agree with David on that point it was horrible well I don't it think the story was story. in the demo I know no, I think give... said they wanted to kill himself and that life wasn't, wasn't living well that's not, not really anything new is no, it no no he didn't say that no not really <laughs> he was like, he was the uh, lost puppy he's like point. why am I here why am I fighting I do believe <laughs> yeah, that yeah, on, yeah, uh, something like that on, on the gaming union forum someone made a thread about terror and how they'd grown in appreciation for them, and uh, and the Fenrir made a comment about how they can find out more about her in Dissidia, and it's just like, well, probably not, because no. yeah, not really. That's not necessarily <laughs> her story. And she probably has note, about four I started, lines. I started Dissidia <laughs> playing as Terra. She was the first character I played. Only because she's cheap, and you know it. <laughs> it it's it's balanced. That I'm she just going to spam you with long range attacks. Really, really bad. If you're getting close to her, she can't do anything. Yeah, but mm-hmm. when you're against the crap AI, they don't do that. That's because you're going up against the crap AI. Go up against, <laughs> like, the level 110s. <laughs> then you, don't you have, have trouble. But you don't have to use Terra when you get to the later part of the game, which is what I was incredibly incensed about because I was playing this game while I was at TGS. That is how dedicated I was. <laughs> I was playing Dissidia yeah. at TGS. I was playing it at the, in my hotel room on the way to and from TGS. I saw that. You you were Skyping with me. Yeah. And um, so I played through every single character's story because I thought there would actually be some kind of development. There was there none. There isn't any. There is Absolutely none Absolutely none. Yeah. So. The only reasons why I decided to play through all of the characters, sorry, all of the characters was because I, I thought I had to play through all of them to get to Gabrant. Sad face, Colin. Yep. Well, now you have to go through one more character, and that is Vaughn. Yes. I'm not looking forward to... I'm Mm. looking forward to whacking him in the face, but I'm not looking forward to playing as him. I want to know how his his moves are going to work, because he's going to have the mist attacks, the quickenings. It will probably be the same as Gabran's. He had the quickenings as well, and it's not like FF12. It's a much more 
dumbed down version of so it. So basically, this is the ultimate cop out because they're just copying Gabranth. Yeah, and Gabranth, we at the very least we know that Bash is not going to be in the game because Gabranth has a Bash outfit. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> I so just want to know what Vaughn is going to add to the story, considering the story is going to be completely lame. Nothing. I don't think he's going to add anything. Well, he didn't add anything to Final Fantasy XII, so how could he possibly <laughs> exactly. add something to... to, to he'll, he'll just be there, and the other characters will be like, who are you again? Well, technically, all of the I'm characters... The main are... character. Put him in the back. <laughs> of what? Just, just leave him back there. <laughs> it's going to be like, yeah, you can... Vaughn against Sephiroth, that's a fight I'm sure everyone has always dreamed of. Here, Vaughn. <laughs> here. Here, take this little stick and go over there. Go play, go play. <laughs> go yeah. play with your little stick in oh, the corner. Could, could you imagine if they put the Pinello in the game, though, instead of Vaughn? Oh. Hey, Pinello was better than Vaughn. That is true. But in terms of what she would bring to Dissidia. Yeah, well, I guess so. I mean, for every Not for much. any other character, what could they possibly bring to Dissidia? I'm sure Chloe would love if Balthier was on it. I don't think he'd really suit the game, though. <laughs> he wouldn't, but he has it'd a, be funny. Don. I'm sure she'll yeah. love it if Genesis was in the game. That's just true. <laughs> It'll be like I think they have one with too many. First day buy for her. Anyway, before we move on to a certain J-pop singer, Colin, take the next news story. <laughs> All right, the next news story is something to do something to do with FF14 again. And uh, Square Enix recently released like a huge list of uh, updates for FF14. Can I just quickly I jump was... in here before you list any of those updates? Yes, you can. Thank you very much. And I want to jump in because I just wanted to say something that I forgot to put in here. And that is that Square Enix basically announced that anyone who's playing Final Fantasy 4 right now, Final Fantasy 4, anyone who's playing Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> right now is basically playing the beta because they took all the beta feedback and they've implemented absolutely none of it. They, they were busy polishing out the what was it? They were debugging it or something? Yeah, it's like so. And the they didn't have time, time the before the release. And to... up until now, they haven't really done any improvements to the game. So this release list that they're doing is basically the launch of the game. Yes. Mm. So right now it is currently in quote unquote beta phase. Yeah. At, so soon you'll be at able the very to play least, the actual game. At the very least, they extended the free game trial for another Wait, thirty it's days. Been, it's been three months now. Yeah. Although hey, it's still sold, gaming. it's still sold like six hundred, six seven hundred thousand copies. Yeah, it was one of the top selling games for the first half of the fiscal year for Square Enix, which isn't too bad, really. Yeah. No. And the thing is, it doesn't really need that many people. No. So they're going to continue paying for like ten years or so. Ten years. <laughs> I'll probably be one of those people. <laughs> Well, I just talked to somebody who said that he still plays Final Fantasy XI. Well, there I know that wasn't that long ago, but still. I that mean, was that was eight years ago. I guess. That's pretty long yeah, ago. Yeah, it's almost ten. ten. It's almost ten. Well, there are still people playing World of Warcraft. Yeah. There you go. You're one yeah, of those people. Yeah, they keep coming out with new ones. No, no, I, st- I stopped in April. Oh, you're going to go back, but and you know you will. Cataclysm, <laughs> December 7th. It's like a oh, drug. Yeah. It's like a drug. You just yeah, Colin. So, back. did you want to talk about some of the updates? Yeah, uh, they meant they stressed about this. Like they have like, three main, three main and uh, points that they're like focusing on, and that's working towards a stress-free gameplay environment, 
uh, goal-oriented content and comprehensive tutorials, one of the biggest things that was missing it during, at, at the launch of FF14. I didn't find and, it that difficult to figure out what I was doing. Well, I mean, for it's aimed at both like the newcomers to MMOs and the hardcore. So, but for the newcomers, I don't think they would get it right away. Mm-hmm. It's not very obvious. I think one of the, not- the weirdest things is that you can choose to be a non-melee job at the start of the game. So if you're like, if you choose to be a fisherman when you start, and you're going to the game, and you'll just be like, uh, the only attack you have is rock throw. Because you can't you can hit him with your fishing rod, but you can't do a yeah, lot. Yeah, and of you damage. can throw rocks if you choose to be a crafter. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, one of the last points was. Uh, establishing in-game communities. Yeah, that was one of the funniest things that I thought. One of the things that they noticed was that pretty much no one is playing together. Mm-hmm. So whereas Final Fantasy Eleven was very much about parties and pretty much you couldn't do yeah. anything without anyone's help, in this game, there is actually no reason to join up with anyone. Yeah, with the armory Unless system. Unless they're like already your friend. Yeah, pretty much everyone is yeah. just playing with people that you know already. There's no They're reason en- to make new friends. There's no encouragement to play with strangers. And the only people that are really doing things in a party are Japanese. Yeah, we saw a party of like 10 of them. Yeah, I joined one. They oh, just yeah, go, you They did. just go crazy. They're insane. <laughs> there were people that uh, had already achieved the maximum level. Uh, I think there's someone who's got one job to level 50 and has another one to level 47 already. Wow. That's dedication there. I'm on level 23. 24-7. Yeah. I'm only level 16. Yeah. Well, oh, sorry, rank 16, but level 22. <laughs> so yeah, but um, pretty much if if you uh, quit Final Fantasy 14 because you thought it sucked, I would take a look at the update and um, see where it changes and see if it yeah, changes one of the, for you. One of the uh, biggest change that I'm looking forward to is the implementation of uh, keyboard shortcuts and customization. It just baffles me why certain things just weren't in there, like the ability to see where party members are on the map. That is just the biggest pain in the backside because you don't know where your friends are. <laughs> you kind of just have to and guess and say, like, I'm the over world, here. The game world is huge, so it doesn't help, really, to not be able to know where your party members are. Yeah, you kind of yeah. just have to ask them, like, where are you? And then they can give you a grid reference, and then you, the grid's references are still pretty large. Oh, and the worst part about the map is that you can't move it with the mouse. You have to use the keyboard. And you can't zoom in or zoom out. Ugh, I don't like that. I guess you waste a lot of the game just trying to find your friends then. Yeah, but since you don't really play with anyone, it doesn't really that matter. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. It wasn't another problem with it was something to do with the shops? Like, they didn't display what type of shop it was or something? Well, there's the whole... They got rid of the auction house and they use, yeah. they've gone to market wards now instead. And, and basically, um, you have like an uh, an avatar in there that houses your the items that you want to sell, and mm. if, when you want to buy things, you have to go through each and every one's different shops to find out what they have. So that they mm. that no one might have the thing you're looking for. Yeah. But at the very at the very least, I think they, or not, I think they did update it so that now, uh, uh, you kind of have to go to the proper wards to find like. Say okay. Say you're looking for like uh, fighting equipment. You go to the fighters ward to find that equipment. But you don't have to put your things in there. You just get like yeah. tax relief if you put your um, little avatar in the correct place. Yeah, but that's encouragement to do so. But no one really does it. 
<laughs> so, Laura, did you want to take the next story? Uh, yeah, sure. This one uh, pretty much relates back to Final Fantasy XIV. It's just talking about the PS3 version, which is out in March 2011. Apparently, they're very much on course. They're just fixing bugs right now, and players will notice a few texture differences, but otherwise, it's identical to the PC version. So that's so yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, the PS3 version is, is complete now. Um, so that's good. So now we just have to wait. Just yes. have to wait. March um, 2011. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> David, do you think you're going to get it on the PS3? No, I'm not. No. <laughs> you're such a killjoy, David. <laughs> I'd probably get it on the PS3 if only... She'd join only... us in our epic quest for I have no idea what. <laughs> If I had a if I had a PS3, I'd probably most likely get it on a PS3 just because I can't necessarily upgrade my laptop at the moment. Yeah, I think your laptop would actually explode. Yeah, the it also exploded. It the reason why I wouldn't flames. get it is because uh, like I, I just feel like I I'm required to play it every month because I'm paying for it that much. That's true. Yeah, well, you do so feel that obligation once you start well, That's why you should be playing it now, David, because we haven't had to pay anything. Yeah, it's free. Well, well, you had to pay for a copy of the game. <laughs> it seems like it's for people who are who already have gaming in their like schedule and their like daily routine. Whereas if you're a college student, it's really difficult in order to figure out like well, time in order the, to play the games is, um, that often. The way that it works in this one is a lot better than Final Fantasy XI because in Final Fantasy XI you literally had to put hours aside, whereas in this one mm. you can you can play for like fifteen twenty minutes and still accomplish something. Okay. Like if you if you want to just play like an hour or two a day, you can you can pretty much do quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean that's all uh, I was doing with Colin, and we were still achieving quite a lot of stuff. We were lev- leveling up really fast. Yeah, and that was just a couple hours. of hours a day. But obviously, you need to find those two hours a day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I generally don't have. Those I haven't found any hours this past week to play it. <laughs> yeah, I, I last week I didn't really play anything at all, and I was gonna play quite a lot this week. But the update is gonna make it easier to level. So I was like, why would I put the time in now when I can just wait until the update and then level up more quickly? But, so David, did yeah. you want to take the final story, which is again about Vaughn? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So going back to some Dissidia news here, um, it, it seems like they've only added Vaughn because um, a lot of people wanted him in the game. There was lots of Sur- fan demand uh, because according surprise, to surprise. Nomura, according to Tetsuya Nomura himself, the development staff were considering leaving out Vaughn, but uh, because they couldn't get his voice actor. However, there was so much demand from the Japanese fans that they found another voice actor to record his part. Uh, <laughs> Aren't we all just so glad? Face palm. So um, I, right I guess uh, the Japanese gamers don't really share our hatred towards Vaughn. Well, I wouldn't no. necessarily say well, we see, hate the reason, Vaughn. The, 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 the reason an... that Square Enix put Vaughn into FF12 was to appeal to, like, I guess the Japanese gamers. They like younger, girly boys. All you got to do... <laughs> I know that what Colin just said sounds very, very odd. Very strange. But, but if you look at the game Nier, they actually made a different copy in Japan with a different protagonist. Oh, right. 
So the main in, hero in, is a younger, yeah, is a, in, is a young man. In the Western game, mm-hmm. um, the two main people are um, you got Nier and you have Kaine. And in our one, Nier is like a, qu- a pretty old man. He's got grey hair. And this, the story is about his daughter. In the mm. Japanese one, the main protagonist... Sister, right? Yeah, it's a, the main protagonist is a younger boy. And it's about uh, trying to save his sister. Interesting. Just because they didn't think that they would, the Japanese would be able to connect with the, with the older, more disheveled protagonist. Do you think that's mm-hmm. also a theory as to why they're starting to add kids into, like, the Final Fantasy main characters. I mean, I know that um, in Final Fantasy IX, there was a bit of that with... Uh, what was Vivi? her name? Vivi's like Vivi. two. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, Eco. 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 I think she's supposed to be and four. Then, and then there's yeah, Final Fantasy... Yeah, there. Yeah, and then there's like Final Fantasy thirteen now where they have like a younger character mm-hmm. like Hope. Is this going to be like a trend now? Yeah. Well, Hope's like... Isn't he like 13? Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's still like pre-teen. Young. He's Whereas, still I mean, very young. But if you think about if you look at the... Yeah. Like, Yuffie is like 15, 16. Riku is like 15, Cloud. 16. Cloud oh. is 19. But I guess it's because they don't actually look their age in those ones. Yeah. They look a yeah, lot older. Yeah, but I mean, if you, look, if you look at Cloud, Cloud, uh, Squall, or whatever, they all look pretty androgynous. Maybe Squall not so much, but Cloud really... Cloud has the Did generic you... face of every protagonist. Yeah, he has that. <laughs> yeah, he does. He has Gak's face. He looks like Gak. Him and Lightning are the same character. Either either they're starting to make their characters look their age, or it's just a new trend now. So, um, so yeah, uh, I guess the the Japanese fans uh, have a lot more love for Vaughn. And I think this is is a really funny point as well, because... There was a lot of controversy recently about Final Fantasy XIII and about how Square Enix basically ignored all the Western feedback. <laughs> so it's very clear that with Dissidia Duodecim, it's a Japanese game, and we're getting it. It because, is not aimed at Western. Yeah, at, at the Western in the slightest. We we're, we're just we just get the game. It's not designed for us. <laughs> yeah, we should feel we're privileged that we even get the game. Or not, as David's not going to buy it and doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's really why they don't to listen to our feedback because David is the typical fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I am the typical fan. Most most fans will just get it no matter what. I used yeah. to be like that. I used to be like, oh yeah, well I have to get it because of Final Fantasy. But now I'm a little bit more. Um, what's I wish I could be like that, but I don't what, have to skeptical? cash. To, what do you think do changed it for you, David? What game was the the catalyst for that opinion? Um, actually, I think it was kind of the build up towards Final Fantasy 13 that killed it. The fact that we were doing a podcast about it and all we did was criticize it? Uh, no, <laughs> I think I was critical about it uh, even without the podcast. <laughs> I think 12 was what killed it for me a bit. Really? Yeah, yeah well, because I, I remember... Like 12? 12 huh? kind of re- reignited my passion for Final Fantasy. Oh, well, I just remember um, I for all the stuff that... Because, you know, it took so long to develop and every single time I saw it, I was just like, this is really not going to be that fantastic. Yeah. It, it wasn't... For that me, was my exact feeling with Final Fantasy XIII. Yeah. I, w- I felt that way, if you remember, until I saw the TGS trailer. Oh, and yeah. and then I and then it changed my opinion a little bit. Yeah, there were a few trailers which were really good and like, wow, this might actually be good. But uh, I think the first uh, debut trailer, that, that really impressed me for FF13. The North American one? The E3 one. Or you mean the very, very first one? Yeah, the very first one. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. I didn't like that one. 
The verses <laughs> are pretty good. They've only, there's only been like one versus one. The other, no, there's been like well, three. since then there's it's just been, been a few like, now. it's just been the same trailer with a few additions. I started losing my love for Final Fantasy like uh, once Final Fantasy XI came out. Oh, that I wasn't a main series game. The, I know, but the fact that it was online and I couldn't get it because like I was following it from uh, way back with the PlayStation. Like I had played Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine. And then when I moved on to 10, I was like, oh, great. I love this series. You know, now I have a PlayStation 2 and I can play any of the new ones. This next one is going to be <sighs> online. Well, that sucks. And then they I made, just They made 10 part 2 to off. appease their fans. Yeah, I did, I did get Final Fantasy X2, but I was just really disappointed. And then I played Final Fantasy 12 because i was just like you know i'll give it another chance i'll see if i can pick it up again and final fantasy 12 is just mm. 12 is the only one i haven't bought i bought it for like three dollars where i have two copies yeah i i've played 12 obviously i i I played through someone else but i i just made someone else buy it and i played theirs (laughs) i see i bought it for like (laughs) i bought it for like seven dollars and a used game (laughs) And it was the tin can edition too. It was like the special oh, edition. Oh wow! Yeah, I was then looking I for that all over Singapore. I could not really? find it. Yeah. Oh, you, you couldn't even come find to America and buy used ones. <laughs> oh, don't speak to Colin about used editions of games, collector's editions specifically. Ah. Uh, Resistance uh, to. Yeah, I paid 150 bucks for that in Singapore, and when I came back to Canada, they have it for 20 bucks. Oh man. <laughs> Us and our used games. Sigh. Anyway, I think we've uh, just about exhaust, exhausted all conversation about Vaughn and <laughs> Dissidia and all that. That's so let's move on to a more in, in interesting topic, and that is Dodge of Cerberus. Our featured discussion. Yeah, and it, I just want to point out that this may be a bit spoiler-heavy, so if you haven't played Dodge of Cerberus, despite the fact it came out in 2006... You probably you will have never no play it. Excuse, really. Well, you probably Besides. never will play it. So, you know, if you haven't played it already, yeah. If you I... haven't already played it, you probably never will. But anyway, this was part of the Final Fantasy VII compilation, and it was announced around the same time as Advent Children, I believe. Yeah, it was maybe yep. six months after. Yeah, and what always yeah. makes me laugh about this game is it was kind of like the the ugly sister, like <laughs> Ad- Advent Children and Crisis Core are always given the. The I guess the, the more, more yeah like, the oh, more glorious. attention and Dodge <laughs> was kind of like just there and then they had more po- it had more it had more popularity than before Crisis but then we didn't even get before Crisis so yeah. I guess it's that probably doesn't one. count but yeah so Dodge Cerberus was uh, it came out two thousand six came out in two thousand and six and it was a game that featured Vincent Valentine as the protagonist now the backstory is that it pretty much takes place directly after Final Fantasy seven. So, you uh, s- I would say directly uh, after Advent Children. Children. No, it's, after it's after no, set. it was like three years after the original game. Yeah, which is yeah, one year after. One year Advent after. Advent Will Children, you let Advent me Children finish? Two years after. People, <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Directly after, though. Yes, the game okay. starts taking place directly after. Oh, right. Okay, I got yeah you. for like the first there two minutes of the go. game. So the one. And when you're playing in Final Fantasy VII, you beat Hojo, and there's a little cutscene after that. Basically, what they have happens is they re-render that in like gorgeous graphics, and then Hojo kind of disappears 
when they look around and they're like, oh, well, we've got other stuff to do. So we'll forget and about then him. And there's, there's the time skip to like after Advent Children. Yes, it's like, you see. We just hope he's dead. Which mm-hmm. is where the rest of the game happens. Exactly. Yeah. So basically what happens is Hojo... Um, after after Final Fantasy VII, the information system completely dies, and Hojo is kind of in limbo inside the. Com- he absorbs himself into the computer, somehow. Mm. So, he so mad scientist. So um, and there's loads of backstory here that isn't actually in our version of the game. It, it it's in the Japanese multiplayer, which talks about um, Sector Zero, like the hidden uh, um, part of Midgar, which is below the Shinra headquarters which only President Shinra knew about, and blah, 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 blah. It's where all the super soldiers were hidden. And uh, when Shinra kind of just destroyed itself, they were just forgotten about. So they kind of made their own um, system there. And uh, Genesis uh, and... uh, Are are you referring to, like, the deep ground soldiers? Yeah. They even hinted at that in Advent Children. Yeah, so... um, Basically, they're super soldiers. Yeah, and powers. Yeah, and uh, so so the 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 main antagonists in Dirge of Cerberus are Vise and the rest of the Sviets, who are actually the seventeenth generation of rulers of Deep Ground, which is rather strange. Maybe (laughs) I don't think it bears any effect on like. The actual game, not really. Consider- considering we don't have the backstory, yeah. So the Japanese version, I mean, Vise is basically like this superhero. Into to he's like a, a superhero of the bad guys. Like everyone looks up to him and everything, and um, he has these master plans to take over everything. But um, so he 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 reactivates the information network, and then Hojo takes over his body, but no one realizes. And then Hojo hatches this sinister plan to summon Omega Weapon and then go off and destroy the galaxy. Intense. But you don't actually find out that it's Hojo until like the end of the game. Well, yeah, because you think it's Vi's doing it all. Yeah, and you're wondering, why is he doing all of this? Yeah, even Nero, who's Vi's brother, is just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> we, we, didn't, we didn't really agree to this, did we? No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, what were, your, what were your thoughts when you first heard that they were going to be making a Final Fantasy third-person shooter? I don't know, I thought it was awesome. I was pretty excited when I first he- heard about it. I kind of was as well. I don't I don't really remember really ever researching that much about it. The only No, re- not really. Like, the and first time I really heard about it was when I heard about how bad the Japanese version was. <laughs> I remember hearing about it and hearing that it was with Vincent, and that kind of interests me, but... Then after I heard it was a third-person shooter, I was just kind of like, I don't know. I was a little put off by that. I didn't, I didn't know mm. if they could ha- if they could pull it off. Square Enix don't exactly have the best of reputations for expanding their horizons, especially no. not when it comes to shooters. Just stick to what you're good to, Square Enix. Just. But you see, at that time, <coughs> um, I think Dirge's Cerberus was like the first shooter I had actually played in a very long time. So I think my expectations for the gameplay wasn't very high for that reason. Yeah, and it's probably and better so to have I, that approach, really. Yeah, like when mm. I played the game, I'm like, well, I don't have any problems with the controls. I don't see what people are complaining about. Uh, I thought I was just bad at shooters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, just just um, in case people are unaware, there are actually some quite visible differences between the Japanese version and the uh, North American and European one. Yeah. First, obviously, there's no multiplayer, which they just took that out and completely. S- instead, they added uh, like extra mini missions or yeah. something. There's like four and, yeah, um, and they, they added like a double jump to the North American. Yeah, they added a double jump, and uh, mm. they also sped up the gameplay. So I think it's like is it one and a half times faster or something? Uh, yeah, I seem to remember that. Like the melee is, is uh, faster or something, isn't it? Yeah, they sped the they, they sped up his like running speed and all that stuff as well. I have mm. no idea. I did not even notice. Well, you wouldn't um, notice because you haven't played the Japanese one. Yeah, also but I the watched Japanese clips one. Of it. Uh, relating to the jumping in the Japanese one, I'm pretty sure you couldn't attack while jumping. Yeah, I think that North you can do that either. Which means the Japanese game was really hard in comparison. Yeah, that just sounds like something that you should be able to do in most games. The thing is, is, is game... that the game the game gives you gives you the ability to do it, but it doesn't let you do it. Same with the double jump, because even though you can double jump, there are a lot of invisible walls that block you yeah. from. That, that like, was my biggest problem with uh, the gameplay with the Georgia servers is that you couldn't. It was very linear. Like you couldn't go very, very much. Like you couldn't like go into this room and like, oh, I'm going to climb these boxes now, but you can't because you either can't jump high enough or you can, but you there's an invisible wall. Yeah, what I liked about it though was the weapon customization. That yeah, was that was really cool. Surprisingly deep. Yeah, so it all focuses around Vincent's weapon, and you can modify it so you can make like a shotgun or a sniper rifle or just like a, a generic machine gun. Super and, powerful I, handgun. I believe you can add status effects to them as well and stuff. Is that my yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think to. so you can. Oh, yeah, you can add like elements like fire, I think, to it. You can have yeah. a fire hmm. shot. Uh, yeah, that, that was it. Um, but there might be status effects as well. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. It's been so long. <laughs> Do you think it would have been better if they gave you like more free, free range to roam around, like kind of like uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed in a way? Like if they had it, yeah, like, yeah, that would have been. I mean, yeah, if they let us scale cool. Midgard, that would have been amazing. Yeah, I Definitely. think that would have been really cool. I think well, that quite a lot of the game nice didn't direction. focus around Midgard. It was only like the last part that was about Midgard when they had like that huge full scale mm-hmm. battle between Deep Ground oh, yeah. and. Um, I guess. Yeah, that was See, awesome. one of the one of the I, high I points of the game. I don't yeah, even know who scenes. was on Vincent's side. Oh, it was the WRO, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the World Restoration Organization, which was led by Reeve, yeah, oh who yeah. is also Kate Sif. Yeah, which is yep, what I yep. thought was really funny about this game because it basically took all of the minor characters from Final Fantasy VII and made them the main characters, and all the main yeah. characters of Final Fantasy VII were all the minor characters in this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're right. You got an interesting you, you turn of tables there. Well, I said Red. Red still wasn't didn't have that. Oh, big a but role. he's just like the character that no one really cares about. <laughs> he had like one line in Adventure. He's, he's the middle ground because he doesn't really say anything. He, and he's one so of the cool. best characters in Seven. But he doesn't do anything. Oh, but, but he's, he's just not so in Adventure. Cool. Character side quests like uh, quests like that when you're going to the um, Cosmo Canyon. That was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, that was that was pretty pretty. And nice. then what happens after that? I don't know. But Nothing. all characters just all char- all the characters had like one of their little uh, story like, quests. Like, yeah, their story arcs mm-hmm. played out. Yeah, it's because I, I just didn't like the fact that he was trying to. Other than probably Cloud Aris. and Tifa, who kind of had uh, uh, back and forth, and, and actually Ares uh, to some extent as well. Like Cloud, well, Tifa, technically and the only reason they, they they were kind of the, the main characters in the game, I would say, in terms of the story arcs. Barrett had quite a lot as well. Um, yeah, Barrett and uh, Barrett was kind of maybe, like maybe just because you get him right at the beginning, but I don't think he had a, really any other 
story arcs other than when you're in the gold saucer and uh and fighting uh, you destroyed the city no. that was really the only story arc that barrett had <laughs> well like, yeah you found <laughs> out about his daughter as well and uh um dying yeah that whole yeah that yeah whole, no the, whole the dean during I, I call him dean yeah. uh, not dying but uh yeah dying dean that, that was How really the only story it? arc for barrett d-y-n-e oh yeah yeah i pronounced it as dying all my other friends call called him dying but i always called him dean it's because you're special, you stick David. to your guns, David. We've yeah. had lots of fun with pronunciations of characters. In... Oh yeah, <laughs> we have budget plenty Titus. of names. In I always say Titus. See, Colin, See, you're with the you're, Titus. You're in the minority, Titus. Here, Colin. Titus. No, I'm not the minority. Titus. I'm special. Special. I I always called Tifa though Tiffia. I don't really know why. <laughs> Tiffia. That is, that that is, is a different new one. one. I know. I, I've converted I a... to. Um, Tifa, because I know that's a proper one. And also, yeah. I used to call it Shiva, Shivia. Not really too sure, <laughs> sure why, but... Uh... You just added vowels there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I oh, had, I just added a vowel right Sephiroth here. Sephiroth. There we go. So, I mean, um, going back to Dojo Cerberus a little bit, the, uh, the, the story <laughs> at the end is basically that, yeah, Hojo wants to... So, there's basically a weapon that is, like, the supreme weapon, which is a mega weapon, and if the planet fears that it's going to die, then it summons a mega weapon to destroy but, all life on the planet. In, in order to control it, they need the chaos material. Yes. Which mm-hmm. Vincent has. So they Well, they steal it from his body. Yeah, they do. There's that cutscene where Rozo just like punches him in the chest and then he's like, Ow. <laughs> I have a hole in my chest now. Thank you very much. So it all revolves around this omega weapon. Well, yeah. Well, near Hojo's the end it kind of does. Yeah, Hojo's trying to take control of it, and the only thing that can stop it is chaos. Who'd have thought, right? Do we even really know about Omega Weapon until near the end of the game? Um, I don't think well, they so. Kinda, they kind of hint yeah. to it like throughout the game. Remind, yeah, because remind, there's the whole thing about Hojo and Lucrezia. Lucrezia! <laughs> That's what Vincent yeah, I, does. I think the whole backstory with uh, Vincent, Lucrezia, Hojo, and Sephiroth uh, was the best part of the game because uh, that actually added a lot. In my and Vincent's opinion. father, Grimoire. Oh yeah, mm. All, he's a scientist, be- right? Yeah, see, the best yeah. part of the story was the backstory, not like what yeah. was actually going on. I, I do on. love I the fact that, like, um, story, or Vin- that Vincent game. Vincent like loves Lucrezia, and she's just like, yeah, well, um, I'm gonna go with Hojo, and then Hojo's so, yeah. just like, well, um, I've got your girl, so I'm just gonna shoot you now. <laughs> Boom! Hit <headshot. laughs> <laughs> it's like thanks Hojo thanks I'm now dead shot and then you're down gonna, quite literally and then you're going to perform experiments on me and my woman is going to watch and feel really guilty about it <laughs> and she's going to have your baby such a shame <laughs> it's such a weird story yeah we're making uh, it sound kind of ridiculous but I think they do a really good job uh, at doing that what the whole I'm going to kill you then experiment on you yeah, like, <laughs> I, while I your girlfriend all those flashbacks watches. were awesome. I, I always yeah, really the flashbacks were good. Them. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the best part of the game. Also, Not I really like enjoyed going story. back to Shinra Mansion in uh, three. Oh yeah, that was great. Ooh, that yeah. was cool. That's where the the the, uh, the stomach punch happens, or the heart oh, punch. Nostalgia factor right there. That mm. town always creeped me out. I couldn't go back there. My favorite oh, part actually so was at the end when. Um, Vincent turns into chaos and you destroy Omega and everyone's like oh, is he dead? <laughs> and then and then you just see a cutscene with uh, him and Shulk if you remember Shulk 
Yeah. Yeah, Shelk, the, the little girl. The young girl. Oh, well, not really yeah. a little girl, but. Yeah, the young girl who was not a young girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. And so many people have perversions about her because of that. Ugh. Ugh. Let's not go there. No. You people, jeez. <laughs> Why did you bring that up? Hey, I just it just came to mind. Anyway. Oh god. Moving on. Yeah. Um I think we should round out our discussion about Dirge of Cerberus on that fine note. Yes. I think so too. <laughs> so, I think we just bring up one more thing, and that's gacked. Oh, we, we can't yes. go yeah. the secret ending. without bringing him up. The secret ending, which highlights yeah. a possibility of more Final Fantasy t- seven yeah. types in the future. I, I, yeah, see, because oh. I mean, they kind of have to make another game. There kind of has to be. They can't just end it like that. Yeah, it's like no. Genesis escapes. Well, Genesis was like. Basically, what happens after Crisis Core is that Genesis then went to deep ground and he started training the Sviets. So um, that's why the Sviets all have different colors because they it was like gene splicing or something, wasn't it? Hmm. Don't really remember. They started taking... That was never the, in the game. Well, at the end of Crisis Core, Genesis is with, is with Vise. They're the two... Yeah, Vise takes Genesis away at yeah. the end of Crisis Core. It's, well, it's Vise and Nero. They take him away. And then they, they like, bring him back to full power and then he's like their mentor. So at the end of um, Dirge of Cerberus, like that's why he, Genesis is still alive, because they like regenerate him in deep ground, and then he and then he flies away. And yeah, and we assume that he's going to wreak chaos. Chaos on. Uh, well, on I kind of thought he was going to be a good guy in the next really? game, because hmm. he's because doesn't he say something like I will always protect you, like I'll I'll always protect the Gaia or something. Maybe he's he said something about, about little brother, I think. It made it sound like he was... Because that was one of the things in Crisis Core. Like, he wasn't a, really a bad guy. He was just misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. He he wanted to protect the... He wanted to protect the planet in his own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't like the fact that he wasn't the strongest person. So, anyway. Yeah, anyways. On to our music segment, which is a bit of a throwback as well, actually. I don't know if many of you people have heard of this album. But the music is from an album called Project Majestic Mixed Gold Edition, which came out in 2002. And uh, the original song is You're Not Alone. And the arrangement title is also You're Not Alone. Fancy that. I know, right? (laughs) It's from Final Fantasy IX, if you didn't know. And the arrangers are Dale North, who is actually uh, one of the main editors on Destructoid.com, and Ail Sean. And it's a great arrangement. Awesome. I agree. That That is one of my favorite songs from Final Fantasy IX. Oh, yeah. It was one of the most powerful mm-hmm. tracks. Definitely one of the most powerful because Zidane's being an emo. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, pretty emo. much. <laughs> so Zidane, stop being emo. Like, no, I'm just going to beat you all awesome up. That was an awesome scene. That, I, that, that really creeped me out because you're like attacking your party members. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't oh, want to do that. That was so powerful. <gasps> Spoilers! Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> 11 it's years. It's only been like 10, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think too many people have played uh, 9. Well, if they haven't, it's their no. loss. It's their own fault. So, to remind everyone, next Tuesday's episode will be Kingdom Hearts Union. And the next episode of Final Fantasy Union will be on the 14th of December, which will be the last official podcast of the year. But we do have a holiday program planned for you. That's right before my last final in the semester. Well, that's oh, when yeah, it's finals. released. Oh, yeah, finals. Finals are coming that's up. I'll have to check that out. 
<laughs> That's when it really spits out what we're recording. Yeah, I'll just write the exam and like talk on the podcast. Yeah, that'd know, be like perfectly a... fine, David. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> just got us for a special dispensation. <laughs> yeah. Like, no mobile well, phones. What to... about microphones? Can I record a podcast during the exam? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just randomly in the middle of the exam, I just yell, Perfect, Looks <laughs> <laughs> around and like, what the... What was what that? that? <laughs> so if you want to hear this uh, f- fable, well, f- soon-to-be-fabled podcast episode where everyone is recording from an exam hall... You can subscribe <laughs> to the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union feed on the iTunes store. If you just search for Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts, we are number one. Yay! And awesome. of course, you can catch every episode of this podcast on FinalFantasyUnion.com and David. FF-XIII.net So we, we've gone a little bit overrun here with the show. So um, I'm not sure I how you guys feel thing. about that. I think that's pretty good considering we didn't have any questions yeah. either. Pretty good discussion about Dirge of Cerberus. Oh, Dirge of Cerberus. It had to be done. And now it has. Yes, so uh, it's time to say your goodbyes, people. Bye. Bye bye, everybody. Farewell. I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This is Winner Tweaks Music.com and Final Fantasy Union.com production. Mm-hmm.